I am super pumped about this Easter. And um, listen, I, I want you to just make plans to be with us this Easter. It's going to be amazing. You can make one of the three services for sure. And But more importantly, I want you to bring your family with you and bring some friends with you. And we do have those out in the foyer. Uh, yesterday, uh, we had some of our crew get together. We uh, had a great time. We went out and uh, did some, uh, hung some of these door um, knockers out. And we didn't knock on any doors. We just door hung them and we took off running. And so, uh, but it was fantastic. And we, we, we put, it's amazing how fast you can cover a territory uh, with a handful of people. And it was a great, we're going to do that again at nine o'clock uh, this coming Saturday. And, um, and I know there's a lot going on. My wife was like, like I said, at the soccer field, I know you got all kinds of crazy stuff going on, but if you can come, we're going to have a blast. And uh, we're going to be doing that throughout the week. So if you just, uh, if you just want to come hang out with me one of these evenings, I found out after walking, I don't know how many miles, four or five miles, we couldn't figure exactly out how far we walked, that I need to do that every day. So I'm going to just hang door hangers the rest of my life because <laughs> I need motivation to do it. And it was motivation. It was so, it was great. So I'm um, looking for that. And then Strawberry Festival sign up is in the foyer. And um, I, I want you to see April stand. Stay in April. If you don't know April, you will know her. Uh, she's standing out in the foyer. We have Strawberry Lemonade. You get a little taste of Strawberry Festival. You only get the Strawberry Lemonade if you sign up. Come on. So you got to sign up to get some. No, we're more generous than that. She'll give you some whether you sign up or not. <laughs> Just a taste, though. <laughs> Small taste. All right. Hey, so today is our last day of, um, it's our last day for this Synergy uh, series, and um, I, I really, I really want to share something that's a part of my life, um, that's becoming more a part of my life every day, but um, I'm kind of in a little limbo right here because I really feel like the Lord is wanting to push us a little bit. Um, Michelle just sent me a text, and I was already feeling this, and uh, I was thinking about the man at the pool of Bethesda, and he, he, he got real comfortable in his place where he was at. He had a need, but he got comfortable in his place. I want you to think about that for a moment. He had a need, but he'd been in one place so long, it'd become comfortable with him. I want to share with you this morning just a little provoking thought, and then I'm going to go into my message. We have become way too comfortable with our lack thereof. We know we have a need, but we're, we're comfortable with it. It's almost like we have, a, uh, have just accepted that as part of our life. And I want to tell you something today. Sometimes in life, you've got to do something besides what you're doing to get what you want. Amen. And you've heard the old analogy, if you continue to do the same thing over, you're going to get the same result, and that's called insanity. But I, 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 want to, I don't want to just have a slogan or a thought or or some cliche today. I wonder if there's anybody in the house that's really tired of being where they are and is ready to move to where God has for them to be. And for that to happen, sometimes you gotta get a little tenacity. You have to get a little breakthrough moment in your head sometimes before you get it in your heart. Are you with me this morning? Amen. You gotta say to yourself, I'm coming out of this place. Right. I'm coming out of this place. I'm not going to stay here any longer. Um, I probably should do a whole series on choices because most of where we're hung up is with choices. They're not because God's not great and because God's not alive and because God is not able. They're simply because we have chosen to stay where we are. 
even though we don't like it. I'll let that sit there for just a moment. There's sometimes in life we just have to say, I'm done. I'm stepping out. So when, the man, when Jesus came to the man at the pool of Bethesda, instead of him accepting that there was help there, he said, I don't have anyone to put me in. I'm still living in this place. I've accepted that I'll be here because I have no help. And his help was standing in front of him. I want to tell you this morning, this is my first sermon, and then I'm going to preach another one. There's help standing in front of you, and his name is Jesus. Amen. But you've got to get a little outside of your comfort zone to get something to happen. Right. And you know, the, you know, you've heard this sermon a billion times, but everybody wants to walk on water, but nobody wants to get out of the boat. And we can get real comfortable with other people walking on water and celebrating their move and being okay with the lack thereof in our life. Well, I wish somebody would just say today in your heart, this week, this, this season of my life, I'm going to step out. And thank you, Sarah, for continuing to bring that word today. I'm going to give Jesus my yes. And yes sometimes looks radical. Okay, just let me go ahead and preach this. I was in Mexico a few weeks ago for Christmas, for the holiday, when we did our Christmas uh, trip there. And I, I stepped up uh, on a piece of property where Pastor Oscar was building, was building, um, he was building this building, he was getting ready to build this building. He bought this piece of land, and all there was was these footings. And uh, knowing enough that I know about construction, I saw that the property dropped off extensively, like greatly. Um, I saw the property dropping off, and uh, I thought, man, it's going to take a lot of dirt to accomplish what he wants to accomplish here. And, and in my thinking, I was thinking, you probably should have bought a piece of property that was a little flatter, right? So I asked Pastor Oscar, I said, say, Pastor, so did you, did you buy, the, you already purchased the land? He said, yeah, we've purchased it, we're paying for it. I said, how are you going to pay for it? And he picked the dirt up, and he let the dirt trickle through his hand. He said, by faith, my brother, by faith, this is God's property. Wow. I was there just uh, last Friday, and the walls were going up on this piece of property. Foundation's done. Yes, it took a lot of dirt. When we were there the, between these two times, there was just, a, there was no slab there. It was just they had had the footings built, and they were filling it with dirt, and they were getting ready to pour the slab. We got back this time, the walls were up. And we, um, we had someone donate some money to, to, for us to take with us. And when we got there, I asked Pastor Oscar, I said, what's the next stage of your building? He said, we need to put the trusses up. Uh, on the on the walls, uh, we have the money to pour the rest of what we're doing, the the block, and pour the top, and we we need to put the trusses up. And I said, oh, well, how much is that going to cost? He said fourteen hundred dollars, and we had a we had fifteen hundred dollars that we were going to give him that day. I'm telling you this to tell say this. I felt quite convicted, to be honest with you. 
because we're always waiting for the ship to come in so that we can do what God said do. When this happens, when that happens, when we get enough money, when this gets comfortable, when life gets good, when this happens or that happens, I'm going to step into what God's called me into. I just want to know if there's anybody here radical enough today to say if God said it, he will do it, and he will provide for it. And then do what he calls you to do, even when you don't see the provision to do that. Now, I'm not telling you to just do some whacked out idea that you came up with. I'm telling you that if God said it, and, you're, and you know that God said it, then you need to step into the promise of God in obedience to God and do what he said do. But it will cost you something. And most of the time what it costs you is what you're not mostly afraid of. Oftentimes we're mostly afraid of what it's going to cost us financially. And, and really, if it's, God's, if it's God's plan, it's God's provision. So it's not really what it costs us financially oftentimes that's the stumbling block. It's the faith to step out of the boat and to believe that it's going to work because he said, come. Not because it feels comfortable. Not because it makes sense. Not because we have enough money or we have enough of this or enough of that, but simply because he said, come. And when we learn to obey God, when we learn to say, God, obedience is more powerful than sacrifice. And we'll be real comfortable with sacrifice and hold back on obedience. God says, I want, to give, I want you to give me you before I, you give me your stuff. And you, being what God called you to be, sometimes is uncomfortable. Is uncomfortable. And I, I'm just going to be honest. Can I just help you this morning? I think the American church has got so comfortable. We're like we're on a cruise ship on the way to heaven. And you're waiting for somebody to bring you another margarita. And is the ice cream machine going to be open all night? And is there going to be plenty of food at the bar? And did I get invited to the ball? And the honest truth about this is, is that we've gotten so far away from, from the ability to see supernatural. It's because we have, want everything calculated. And it's what it's doing is it's causing us not to have supernatural faith. And we say we want miracles, but we want no risk involved in the miracle. Come on, somebody. It's raining. Y'all don't want to leave now anyway, so I'll just keep <laughs> preaching. It's when we come to that place that we take a chance. It's really not even a chance. To be honest with you, it's not even risky. 
is really just simply obedience. Because if we believe God is who he says he is, it's not even risky. It's trust. It may look risky, but the fact of the matter is, it's trust. It's trust. We were talking the other day about um, some of us old guys were talking the other day. We were laughing because we talked about how many things we talked about our kids that graduated a few years ago and four years later these same guys are getting ready for graduation of our next generation. And um, we were talking about how much has changed in our life in four years. And we were talking about jumping out of airplanes. And I said, look, you know, there was a day when I desired to do that. But I can tell you at 55 years old, I don't want to jump out of anything. I don't even want to jump out of a car or the back of a truck. I don't want to jump out of anything. I want to step gently down onto solid ground. I desire that. I desire that. I don't want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. It makes no sense to me anymore. But I'm going to tell you something. Let me tell you something about me. I will never, ever understand the thrill of flying through the air because I've lost the courage to jump. I can watch all the videos I want to. I can listen to all the other people's stories. But I will never know what it's like to actually explore or to feel the adrenaline rush to drop thousands of feet in the air. Because I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I mean, I would have to have a word from the Lord at this stage of my life to do that. <laughs> but I tell you what I want to see. I want to see souls saved. I want to see lives changed. I want to see miracles take place. And I want to have the courage to get out of my place of comfort where I've become so comfortable with preaching on Sunday, with loving people in counseling sessions, with doing my routine habits of life, I've become so comfortable that I can't remember up till just a week ago the t last time that I laid on the floor and cried for the lost. I'm telling you that as your pastor because we get so comfortable. It's not because I didn't quit caring. It's because I quit caring enough to do something about it. If we want miracles in our lives, we have to move out of the place of the comfort zone. And we have to move into the place of saying, God, you can use me anywhere, anytime, anyplace. Just use me. Come on. And we want Supernatural. What we wanted in the confines of the little box that we've created. And I'm going to just tell you this morning, it's not going to work that way. You find me one person in the scripture that was mightily used of God that didn't take risk. Not one. You find me one person in scripture that, God, that, that Jesus called out in the New Testament and said, come and follow me. And there wasn't a death threat on their life. 
oh, I just got sober in here real quick, right? Because we don't want any pressure. We want to be comfortable. We want to be comfortable. And I feel like this morning God would say in the spirit, not pastor, but the Holy Spirit would say to you this morning, I want to move you from some places that you have become comfortable Comfortable places always lead us to complacency. And you may be the person that gets up every day and reads your devotion and reads your Bible and prays. But when God pushes you, you, mm. and God says, I want you to talk to this person on the job. Well, you know, I could lose my job over that. There's a lot more to lose than your job. There's a lot more to lose than your job when you're being disobedient to the Lord. Just let that settle in just a moment. Our obedience, our obedience is so important. And I'll show you two two scriptural bases on this obedience. When, When David sinned against God, he committed adultery with and, and the, the man of God came to him and said, hey, there was a, there was a man who had took another man's belongings and, and what should be done to him? And David quickly replies, oh, he should be punished. And he said, you're that man. David fell and repented. And I find that to be a pretty terrible sin in our consideration of what sins are, right? He not only committed adultery, but he had that, that man's uh, that woman's husband on the front line so that he would be killed, kind of quiet the whole deal down, put it aside. But his predecessor, the king before him, went to another land and, and he brought back sheep and goats that were of high quality. And when the prophet came to him and said, King, what are you doing with these sheep and goats? Because the Lord said to kill everything. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every cattle, every animal. Kill them all. And here you are bringing back these lambs. He said, but I'm going to offer these lambs to God. I'm bringing back a sacrifice. You see, he's, he's taking someone else's spoils to make his sacrifice. There's two messages in this I want to share with you that I'm going to let you go. You can never use someone else's spoils for your sacrifice. You can never use someone else's spoils for your sacrifice. Your sacrifice has to cost you something. It can't cost somebody else something. It got to cost you something. If it don't cost you something, it's not a sacrifice. And there's a lot more sacrifice that needs to happen in the body of Christ besides giving your tithing and your offering on Sunday morning. There needs to be some sacrifice that says, I'll lay down my life for his purpose. Well, pastor, does that mean I need to quit my job? No, your job is probably where God placed you to be his sacrifice. And we get that all confused. The second thing I want to point out about this passage of Scripture, when he said it's, the Lord said it's more, 
important that you be obedient than to bring a sacrifice at all. Your sacrifice doesn't mount to a hill of beans if it's not done out of obedience. Because you can't swindle God. You can't bribe God. You can't throw God a quarter, a little token, when he asks for you. He said, I want you. It's a funny thing to me how we get all caught up about money in church. We act like God's broke. And if we don't give money, then I, I, I mean, I've heard so much manipulation over offerings that until I would want to throw up. If we don't have your money, we're not going to exist tomorrow. I got news for you. God's not broke. You know what your sacrifice is about, whether it be your money or your time? It's about him being first. And don't ever miss that point. Because you can become very complacent giving your tithing and not giving yourself. And I'll be brave enough to say as a pastor, if that's the case, keep your money. You're going to need it. But when we give of ourself, our money is secondary. When we give of ourselves, our time is secondary. When we give of who we are and we're obedience to God, we're joyfully celebrating who he is and who he created us to be. It changes everything in our life. But sometimes it costs us a little push. I ain't comfortable. Now, I'm not a woman, but I have a wife who had five kids. And I've been around a lot of other sweet people who had babies. If you're going to birth something, it's going to cost you something. It's painful. It's painful. Well, we want to birth a revival, not without pain. Not without pain. It's going to cost us something. I didn't intend to preach this today. I had a message on fathering, which is a great message, by the way. And I might preach it next service, so go online and listen. But the Lord wants to speak to this group of people this morning about stepping out of this place of complacency. Now let me add to this. It's joy to do so. So when we say cost you something and painful, everybody goes right into, oh my God, uh, that sounds terrible. That sounds like more hard work for me. Have you ever seen a mother hold her baby and say, you were too much work? You were just, you were, we got a new mom right over here. Are you looking at that baby and say, oh, you were just too much work? You were just too much work. Now, you gooing and guying and taking pictures, and there's not enough data on your phone for all the pictures. <laughs> you're taking, and you're loving, and you're, you're, oh. I have a mom and dad right now. They had their baby three months ago. They're in the New Orleans hospital, at Children's Hospital. This baby, they just put a trach in this baby's throat, and they're, they're about to get ready to take this baby home, and these parents are having to learn how to change a trach out. You know, they're not complaining. They're not saying this is too much work. This is too hard. We can't do this. 
They're saying, look at this blessing we have. No matter how hard, no matter how difficult the circumstances, look what God's done. And we've been away from our other three kids for three months since two days after this child was brought into the earth. And we've spent, they live in North Louisiana. We've been in South Louisiana five hours away from our baby, but get our other babies. But guess what? In a few days, they're, they're counting the days down. They went in the, yesterday and they wrote on the, their board going home. And they're all excited because the, 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 they're going home. Even though they're going with a trach, even they're going with, with all kinds of machinery and things that are scary. And the grandfather, who's my best friend, is like, oh, I don't know about them bringing that baby home. I'm scared about that, bringing that baby home with that trach. Look what God's done. something birthing inside of us this morning there's something stirring inside of us I can see it right down in the spirit realm I can see it on the faces of folks today there's something birthing in your heart this morning and God's saying it's going to be worth whatever it takes to make it happen and it's going to bring you so much joy it's going to transform and change your life it's going to be so radical but it's going to be so remarkable It's going to be beautiful how you see when you look back. You're not going to see the pain. You're going to see the promise. And I feel something birthing in this house this morning. A stirring in the spirit. A stirring in the spirit. Boofa, there's promise on your life that you haven't tapped into yet. You've served the Lord for a long time, but there's a promise on your life that you haven't even tapped into yet. But you got to get out of the boat. You got to step out. You got to see the miracle. And somebody's got to get desperate enough. And worship team, you can come. Somebody's got to get desperate enough to climb up in a tree. To say, hey, listen, I hear the Lord's passing by my way. I'm going to get out from where I'm at, and I'm going to get up high enough to see. I'm going to make myself known. There's a miracle. There's a miracle. Wow. I don't even know to tell y'all what to do, but just do something. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing, but just being obedient to the Holy Spirit. There's a miracle in your life that has not yet come to pass. It's waiting on you. It's waiting on you. So I don't want you to raise your hand, but I want you to raise your heart. How many of you here has had enough of the mundane and you're ready for the miracle? You're ready to say, I'm going to step out. I'm going to move out. You see, we can, I can have a moment here in a minute and say if you're here in this place and you want God to do something radical in your life and you want to have a moment, you could step out. But tomorrow, you're going to have to continue to step out when nobody's around to pray with you, to sing with you, to dance with you, to shout with you. And when it's just you standing on that place 
of obedience and you're alone. And there's no cheerleading squad. I believe when the scripture says a man that put his hand to the plow, I don't never seen a picture of a man plowing with another man. They're always plowing alone. Because it's in that moment that you're plowing alone that God is saying, I believe that you believe. You made a commitment. Got my hand on the plow. I just got... I just got some oxen or some, some mules in front of me and it's me and the plow. But you know what I'm plowing up? I'm not plowing up ground, I'm plowing up purpose. I'm removing the bricks and the blocks and the stones and I'm getting ready for preparation for the seed that's going to grow something great. It's going to be a harvest. But it's in this promise that I'm at that I'm seeing God do miracles. I feel like God's just released a good word over this house this morning. I'm preaching to myself this morning. This is how the Holy Spirit works. I'll go back and listen to this sermon myself and say, did you hear that, preacher? You better live that way. Because when Holy Spirit steps in like this, you, you better open your ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord said to the church. Amen. 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 It's going to be all right, Ricky. I know you've had a month of emotion. My goodness. So powerful to see you here today. As a matter of fact, I just want two or three people just to lay hands on Ricky and pray over him and Emily in just a moment because they just had two babies and it wasn't an easy delivery and it was kind of scary for a moment and, and didn't know if baby girl was going to pull through, but yet she's doing great and she's doing fine. But then two days later, Ricky's dad passes away a few days later. There's a lot of emotion going on. We're going to stand with you, buddy. I'm going to tell you something. I feel like there's a miracle in all of this mess. And there's a promise in what God is doing. And just a week or two ago, we, we prophesied over you that God was raising you up. Raising you up as a patriarch. And I see God's bringing you up and standing you on top of that mountain. And he's saying, well, it was, it was tough climbing, but look what you can see now. It was rugged, it was rugged territory. But look what you can see now. And out of, the, out of all the bruising is coming a blessing. It's coming a blessing. It's coming a blessing. Stand with me this morning.